It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You found yourself on another episode of Locked on Bulls. On today's episode, we'll talk about what are surprising us the most in the Bulls season so far, the short season. We'll also be talking and uh, asking if Derrick Jones Jr. should have his role expanded with his recent play. And lastly, we'll be previewing Bulls versus Pacers. We'll get into all that and more right after this. You are Locked on Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Bulls. Remember the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. That's Pat, the designer, host and creator of the Windy City Breeze. Yep. I'm Hayes, host and creator of Chicago Bulls and Chicago Bears Central. But Pat, it's been a solid season so far for the Bulls. The Bulls sit currently at 2-2, two and two, having two really good games against really good teams or teams that we expect to be really good this season. Um, and then two not-so-good games, one terrible game in that stretch. And I want to ask you this, though, Pat. In the Bulls' four games so far this season, what has been the thing that surprised you the most? Um, defense. I'm, mm. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of the things that we could talk about, right, like Vooch, isn't surprising. This is what Fuchs has done his entire career. I think maybe we're just seeing it here in Chicago. Zach Levine's going to be Zach. DeMar DeRozan averaging a ton right now, by the way. Um, we kind of expect that out of DeMar after last season as well. Um, but the defense of the Chicago Bulls team, and I know, right, like after seeing that Cleveland game, you're probably looking at me like, Pat, what are you even talking about? And I know the Bulls' defensive rating, I believe it's a 111 right now this season. Um, 111.7. 111.7, Not, which isn't bad, right? That's probably middle of the pack right now. But I look at, you know, kind of that one game that just really, 
really inflates that number. And you look at the rest of these games against the Boston team that is one of the most efficient scoring teams, and they showed you that in the first quarter, in the NBA. I believe they came into that game as the most efficient uh, offensive team in the NBA. The Bulls held them to 102 points. Their defensive rotations were crisp. They were on point. They were able to shut down that corner three. They were able to shut down the three ball as a whole. They were forcing them off of the three-point line and stopping them uh, at the mid-range, forcing them to take tough mid-range floaters, jump shots, different things like that. Very much like what we saw in Miami. Very much like what we saw in that Washington game. And, I mean, and if you look outside of that Cleveland game, and I know the Cleveland game is our worst one, but it's the second of a back-to-back. It's uh, uh, the first game where Zach Levine's back, and you knew they wanted to just be like, give Zach the ball and let him shoot as much as possible. You've given up 108, 102, and 102 to three teams that all average above 110 points a game. That's pretty good defensive efficiency to start the season off here from the Chicago Bulls. And I think it's how they're playing the defense. I think they've started off these games a little bit of a struggle, but they've worked their way back into it and really been able to close gaps and really been able to close teams out and and win some of these uh, second and third quarters. And I I really just – I look at this Bulls team and, and the defense to me as a team is surprising. We knew we had solid defenders. Yeah. But the team defense, the scheme that is being put into place and the players actually following that scheme is surprising to me when I'm looking at this, especially when we knew coming into the season, right? No Lonzo ball. That could be a major hit to kind of the focal point of your defense. I'm looking at two key stats for the Bulls so far this season. We are sixth in the league in steals per game. And then we are a top six team in the league as well in uh, limiting our turnovers per game. You know what that says to me? The Bulls are out there taking care of the ball, and they're forcing turnovers, and that's a sign of good defense and efficient play. That's something that we did not rank high in last season. And even uh, our defense isn't ranked great right now, but when you look at the Boston Celtics that came into that game uh, shooting above 50% as a team, they have now dropped (laughs) their averages now like 46% because they shot the ball that terribly. And while some people, I've seen it, have have blamed the, the the Bulls win or the, the Celtics loss on their bad shooting and think people are overlooking just how good the Chicago Bulls play defense on them to affect that. Now, something to me that is exciting so I mean uh surprising so far in this season is I would say Io's growth in efficiency. Um and and when you look at it, the numbers, they're very similar to what they were last season. He's averaging 13 points a game, uh, five rebounds per game, three assists per game, one steal per game, um, and only one turnover per game. Shout out to him. But his efficiency numbers in that have grown substantially. You're looking at a player who has has raised his PER five points. That's not easy, bro. That's no. not anything to overlook at. A five-point five raise in efficiency is huge. His true shooting percentage is 63% so far for the season. Io's out there balling, brother. Yeah, I, I mean, like, he's he's somebody who gets me really excited when you're looking at uh, um, players on this team, right, because there's so much potential in him, mm-hmm. and – I expected a a jump in production, but I think what we can call what we've seen here early in this season has been a leap. Um, I'll assume. I mean, even right like outside of again right that that one Cleveland game, I think right now is really inflating a lot of metrics and numbers that go along with what you see with Io Desumu defensively. But we can't say outside of any of these other games. Marcus Smart was terrible. Yeah. Um, Kyle Lowry was putrid. 
And Bradley Beal struggled most of that game until the very end where he was like, all right, let me be Brad Beal real quick. Uh, but uh, but I, I, I really, I look at what Io's been able to do, of course, on the defensive side. And, I, and we said coming into the season, bro, just give us a little bit. Just add something offensively. Show us a little bit more what you saw at Illinois. And I think we'll feel really good about where he is as a player. And guess what? He absolutely has done that. In, in now, right, like the two games where he didn't shoot nearly as well, but in two games where you needed him, Io, I think there was a point in that Celtics game where you can talk about it. Io was your go-to guy. Oh, for it sure. was two, three times down the court in a row where I got the ball and he was like, "Bet." And I'm it was a- like that in Miami as well. Yeah, stretches in Miami. Um, one of the things about the Bulls that is surprising as a team too. Let me know what you think about this stat, Pat. The Bulls right now are third in the league at, in free throws average or attempt uh, per game. Uh, right now, they are averaging. <laughs> this is crazy, bro. Yeah. Uh, Twenty-eight free throws attempts. I, that's not that surprising to me. All right, last last season, this is before you before you go into that. Yeah. Just to show the growth of what it was last season. So right now, they're ranked third. Last season, the season they were ranked at seventeenth at twenty-one. That means they're getting seven more free throw attempts per game. They're being aggressive out there, brother, but go ahead with you. They're, they're being aggressive, but I think the thing that doesn't surprise me is remember the adjustment that came last season, right? Remember DeMar in the beginning of the season, Wilt record dominating. As yeah. soon as he broke the record, the free throws stopped. So it doesn't surprise me right now early on in the season because I feel like refs are kind of like, okay, let's adjust to the season. Let's get used to – like they have to go through the beginning of the season woes like everybody else does, right? I think sort of after – and this is the part where I really want the Bulls to kind of – one, I think I think a big help to those numbers as well, by the way, is Vucci down low dominating That's, uh, in most of these games. free throw attempts has gone up huge. Huge, yeah. right? Oh, for his career, he's only averaged like – well, last season he averaged 1.7 free throw attempts per game. He's averaging six so far this, yeah. this season. No, That's yeah, he, he's, he's, he's getting to the line a ton right now. Yeah. Um, but I think that, right, when you look at it, the thing that I want to see the Bulls do is what they've been able to do, which is – score without forcing your way to the free throw line and use the free throw line as an asset to really put it away. I mean, if if you look at the average right now, the Bulls won by 18 in the last game. Like that's the free throws putting it away at the end of the day, but the Bulls still could have won that game shooting 10. You know what I mean? So like, I think that's the part where that's the, the one thing I don't want them to fall too much into or fall in love with too much is the refs helping you win the game by sending you to the free throw line, even though it should be foul calls, because we saw last season a clear adjustment with DeMar DeRozan where he was getting to the line at a massive rate. And then we just saw games where the Bulls were getting to the line seven times, six times, four times. <laughs> like there was a, 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 a month where we were just like, bro, like, do they hate us? I mean, I get what you're getting at. I think DeMar does try to get to the, at least from what I've seen so far in the Bulls, the thing that doesn't concern me is that it doesn't seem like they're pressing to try to get foul calls. It just seems exactly. like they're just being aggressive. So yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I'm not really worried about it falling off a cliff for this team because I think in the way in, in that they've been playing, um, it's just come naturally to this to this team so far. Uh, just to go over a couple of other nerd uh, basketball nerd stats before we move <laughs> on, because that's what these are. Yeah. The Bulls are currently averaging three more uh, steals per game than their opponent when they face them. We're averaging uh, 0.2 blocks more than our opponent. The one thing that's concerning with this to me, we are shooting the ball 10% less than our opponent 
We'll see where that comes along. We know that Billy Donovan, since about what twenty games into the season last season, yeah. has been preaching us taking more free, uh, more three point yeah, attempts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see if that that becomes uh, the story for the Chicago Bulls. But I think this, even though the Bulls have not shot a high number of three pointers per se compared to the league, I feel like they pick their three pointers better, and we're we're shooting it at a better clip than what we did last season overall because of it. Which is concerning because I think we're only shooting at like 32% this year. But it really shows you right kind of where we were as a team shooting the three ball last season. Like you had nothing. And I think now, right, like the addition of adding Zach Levine back uh, healthy, you saw him be able to knock down a couple. Adding Io DeSumo was knocking down a three ball. Javante's green three ball finally started falling in that Celtics game. Hopefully that holds up. Those are things to be excited about moving forward. And Bucci, Bucci basically using the three ball as the, hey, I'm going to break your soul. I love that, by the way. At the, he's like, he's like, I've been killing you down there all night, and I'm gonna just pull this like three pointer. Like, and now he's making threes. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, bro, like it's gonna destroy you. <laughs> <laughs> Death by a thousand cuts. But all right, next up, we're gonna talk about and ask if Derrick Jones Jr. should have his role expanded on this team. I think, I think he's, I think he's leaning towards that. But first, I gotta talk to you guys about LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and free. Um, so as far as LinkedIn, like I've owned a business before. Sometimes it can be difficult to hiring, but with LinkedIn, they try to make it easy. You add the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Of course, terms and conditions apply. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Pat. Derek Jones Jr. really, in many ways, changes the direction of that game for the Chicago Bulls against the Boston Celtics. It, it corresponded very well to the, to the team playing better, to his energy coming out there, him getting dunks, the alley-oops, the cuts to the basket, just the energy. Um, Derrick Jones Jr. is about since the half, the midway part of last season since he returned from that finger injury, just kind of fell out of the rotation, never really earned it back. Is it time for Derrick Jones Jr. to get an expanded role on this team? Um, I like what I'm seeing from DJJ. I don't want us to make any 
it's tough because it's like I, I'm still I'm still that stupid Bulls fan that's like maybe P Will's like gonna show us something if time goes on. Maybe he's just having a slow start to the season mm-hmm. and we don't want to lose confidence in him. But I think the thing that makes me lose the most confidence, what really makes me think that G- DJJ is probably poised to do it is the fact that Billy Donovan seems like he's kind of lost a little bit of confidence in him. He's realizing that he's not getting the efficiency out of those minutes. And so let's go with a guy that's going to at least give you the energy. Listen, DJJ is never going to be a knockdown three-point shooter. He's never going to be somebody that's going to, um, you know, be a be a 15-point-per-game guy for the Chicago Bulls team. But what DJJ brings is that if you're going to give me solid defense and ridiculous energy, that's something that I can use. If you're going to do the dirty work, that's something that I can use. And that's what DJJ came into that Celtics game and did for you. He was out there doing the dirty work. He was the one making cuts. He was the one diving to the basket. He was the one setting straight. Like, he, he just came in and he did that Javante Green roll, but it's 6'7 instead of 6'4. <laughs> like, and, and I don't know if that's going to keep up for DJJ either, but you it, it's hard to say yeah I don't want to see DJJ get more minutes when your head coach is saying we got no other answers at the power forward position we might as well throw the other six seven dude out there the one thing that I the only caveat that I would say to it is would you rather see your first round pick getting those minutes for possibly something that could come in the future Versus seeing a guy that you know is not going to be a major part of this team moving forward. At this point, I don't care. At this point, the whole fourth round pick in the NBA thing, I don't care. You can throw that out of the window. I don't give a damn. Uh, The whole, like, at this point, we're going to play small regardless. Huh? Fourth round pick? I said fourth round, fourth overall pick. Oh, I was going to say. I was like, oh, fourth round pick? I was like, (laughs) are there rounds that I don't know about? Are we we back in the 80s? We we took it back to the 80s. But, uh, (laughs) Like I, I don't care at this point. It's all about winning. It's all about putting the best players players out there available. And I'm sorry, I love people. I still think he's going to be a big part of this Bulls future. To contrary to some Bulls fans, they ain't trading him no time soon. But sometimes you just some, sometimes you got to sit sit people the hell down, and that may be where we're at with people. Like I've said it before. Like maybe they now use. Uh, P. Will as the Keith Bogans power forward, meaning that he starts the game, he gets his eight minute stretch, and he sat on down, and then we'll see him again to start this until he shows some things. But the energy that Derrick Jones Jr. showed, and if Javante Green, it, keep in mind, Javante's been bad too. The Celtics game was oh, yeah. probably his most solid game. Um, even in the Wizards game, he sh- he did the energy things is, that are good, but it still wasn't the best game from him overall. But at the, at the end of the day, you have to go with who's playing well. And while I'm not saying, hey, boom, let's start Derrick Jones Jr. tomorrow, I'm saying, hey, against the Pacers, Derrick Jones Jr. needs that same, what, 16 minutes scheduled in, and if he and if he performs like he did last game, okay, you can increase that role a little bit more. Yeah. It's all to me, everything needs to be who's producing at this point. Nobody nobody has the rights to anything. If you're not producing, you set on down. I, that's that's where I feel at feel at right now with this team, man. DJJ has only gotten in two games, and yeah. in one of those games, right? If if you're a plus minus person, it's plus minus was negative twelve. It was a game where the Bulls were getting their head kicked in. Everybody was trash. Like y'all, y'all know I'm not a plus minus guy, right? Yeah. Like, but in his time, in I believe 17 minutes of playing his first game, eight points, one block, two steals, two rebounds, and one three pointer made. In the next game, 10 points, one assist, two rebounds, 
And he did that in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's a bench player. That's what I need from a bench player. That's what I need from a bench role. That's what I need. I mean, if we're going to play this small ball lineup, I get a six, what is he, six, seven, six, six, something like that. Six, like, six. If you're going to go small ball, go small ball all the way, right? But, like, it doesn't matter at this point because he's giving you something. And you don't have that at your power forward position right now, a position that me and you both came into the season and we thought Patrick Williams would be a big part of, but we thought that – um you know, that was probably the Bulls' weakest position. You're not getting anything out of Marco Simonovic, and this is all you have right now at the power forward position. And it's crazy to say that I think that's going to be a spot where AK might have to do some wheeling and dealing midseason to to uh, help you in a little bit because it's just so deplete of anything right now. But right now, yeah, I can't, I can't tell you DJJ shouldn't have more of a role when he's the one that's showing you that he can put the ball in the bucket when he gets a roll. I mean, I, and outside just the ball in the bucket, like Derrick Jones Jr.'s defensive rating right now is 18. I mean, 118. Which, I was about to say. Yeah, 18. <laughs> that's, that's all worldly. Um, hey, bro, hey, bro. Nobody scored on him at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's a higher defensive rating. That's bad. Yeah. You want the lower defensive rate. Every, if it was 118, that's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But – um. Like he's just he's just playing well out there on the court, and so yeah, he does he does deserve a role. I'm not I'm you know we'll see what what Billy Donovan does do with the starting position, but at this point he's definitely earned some minutes. And you know yeah he's undersized at six six, but he has the wingspan that AK likes, and he's 210 pounds. Once I saw that Brandon Ingram was still under 200 pounds, I'm not I'm over the weight thing when it comes to power forwards. Well, yeah, I I mean I I get the you know you would like a guy that's gonna weigh more, but I think you also have to play that um you have to you have to be smart about how you put those guys out there right like there are going to be moments where Patrick Williams has to be in there at the power forward position just because of the size and weight doesn't mean it's going to be a lot of moments doesn't mean there's going to be a lot of minutes but there's going to be moments where he has to be out there if he's if outside of those moments you can't use him then you need to be using a guy like DJJ and and I think Billy Donovan's seeing that, right? Listen, he's he's literally gone to a whoever's got the hot hand at power forward that's night, who that's who I'm rolling with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you look at who we're playing up next, and we'll preview that that team here in a second, but we're playing the Indiana Pacers, who Jalen Smith is their starting power forward. Now he does have some legit power forward size, yeah. but everything behind him is all like six, seven, two hundred and ten pound players. So I think Derrick Jones Jr. would be fine coming off the bench. Oh, yeah. And to that degree too, Javante Green too, if he's playing with energy as well. So yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, brother, get into your hair either. Oh, bro. I got <laughs> I ain't had an ad read in months. <laughs> you know dang well I forgot I got to read this ad, man. 
Hey. <laughs> I thought you froze. Hey, man, I got to tell y'all about BetOnline.net. Uh, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting information on football and the new start to the basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. With BetOnline, uh, with BetOnline's live betting and up-to-the-minute scores, for every single sport out there, you need to go nowhere else. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, golf. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online. It's where the game starts. I hit the wrong thing on both of them, man. <laughs> Tried to save it at the end. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Bow. There they go. He went full Denzel Valentine at the end. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Y'all make sure before we get to this next segment, make sure you guys are checking on Locked On Sports today. Available on um, any app that you listen to, YouTube and the Odyssey app. Now, Pat, the Bulls face the Pacers today. <laughs> what are some of your expectations coming into this game, brother? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, if y'all can't see the, see the podcast, man, check out the YouTube, too. Um... One of my expectations coming into this game, um, I, I think the the part that scares me the most is the fact that we don't know um, who our defender with size is right now. And Ben Matherin is cooking. Uh, when he said <laughs> LeBron got to prove to me <laughs> that he better than me. <laughs> hey, Ben, <laughs> I can't wait for that matchup, brother, because uh, LeBron really might have to prove to you that he's better than you. At this point in his career. Um, no, nah, I'm just joking. But I, I mean, that's that's probably the biggest thing that you got to worry about out of him, right? Like he, he's the he's the main fo- he seems like he's come in day one and be- become the main focal point of that team. I, I I'm gonna be real with you. Vooch is finna cook any big man that he's dominating this season. Vooch is about to cook any big man they can throw at us down there. And I think the Bulls ball movement has been good enough offensively that they'll be able to get over on the Pacers. Um, I think the biggest question mark is, will we see the same production from our bench unit offensively? I think defensively we might see it, but offensively that we saw in that Celtics game because the bench came in and they hit some big shots for you. And really, they're the reason that we got back into that game. They were the fire starter for that. What was it? A 47 to 11 run that the Bulls went on or something like that in that Boston game. So I think it was 47-14, actually. But they were the big fire starter. That bench unit coming in really set a spark, really was able to get the Boston Celtics on their heels. Are you going to be able to play at that level? And the thing is, right, don't come off of a win versus one of the best teams in the NBA and feel too high and too mighty to do the right things consistently. Miles Turner is out this game. Vooch is about to He's about to kill them. I he thought he was out. Feast. I thought he's been out the whole season, ain't he? Yeah, yeah. Him and Daniel Tice are both out. Yeah, um, he's about to kill these dudes. Uh, if we can withstand and not let both Tyrese Halliburton and uh, Ben Matherin get hot, I th- we're definitely going to be in this game. But one, th- one surprising <laughs> thing. <laughs> if they don't get hot, we're going to dominate this game. Oh, yeah. If they yeah. get hot, we'll be in this game. <laughs> thing, though, and, we, and I did want to point this out. Right now, the Indiana Pacers are eighth in the NBA in scoring. 
which is wild for a one and three team. They are averaging 117.8 points per game, which is good enough for eighth in the NBA. So it's not like, listen, this is a team that can put up points on you quick. If the Bulls try to overlook the Pacers, if they don't keep up their defensive intensity, things yeah. like this, this game can get ugly for the Chicago Bulls. I don't want to overlook it. And especially when you have people that are talking like, are the Bulls now going to be the flip side of what they were last season? Are they going to be a team that beats all the good teams but loses all the, all the so-so teams in the NBA? <laughs> that would be wild. You know but, what? Uh, I can live with that. Because <laughs> we ain't got to see the Pacers in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> I think here's the thing, though. The the two things that I really look at to, to see um, with these teams, right? Like mm -hmm. with Indiana, yes, they've been putting up points. They've been putting up a ton of points, right? And their offensive rating is definitely inflated a little bit um, by the San Antonio game where it had like 270 points in the game as a whole. That's but, crazy, bro. Um, the Bulls have this season slowed teams that are high scoring down with their defense. They've been really good at that. And I think that's the thing that you can't get lost in coming into this season is are you going to be able to continue? Are, are you going to be able to keep that same mentality coming into this game versus a team that, yeah, they're one and three. But guess what? You were one and two. And Boston probably overlooked you after a little bit of that first quarter because they just started jacking up shots. Yeah. They still had a nine-point lead leaving that first quarter. So you you can't do the same thing coming into this game because those are the teams that absolutely can beat you. And, yeah, they've been putting up points. I mean, you're talking about, like, I don't think they've had a game. They've had, like, one game that is below 110 points, I believe. Um but outside of that, like they have been scoring the basketball this season. But the problem is uh, they can't defend <laughs> us. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm not worried about – I, I could see this being Zach Levine's biggest offensive game to this point this season. The Indiana Pacers as a team, their defense is 119. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> For those of you at home, that is uh, not good. That's got to be last in the NBA. Uh, is there a team uh, worse defensively than the Indiana Pacers? One nineteen's bad. No, yeah, I don't know. I have to because they don't make defensive rating easily available. I will say this: the Indiana Pacers are twentieth in point differential, but the Detroit Pistons surprisingly are the worst team in the league with point differential at negative nine point six. By the way, the Pacers are negative three point seven. So. I, I love, I love, I will say this, right? And, and it's been mostly on my personal platform, but I love all the smoke that I get from Detroit fans every single Bro, year. Bro, every single because season. Of, because of our standing beef. Listen, it's a Chicago versus Detroit thing. I love the standing beef. Here's the part. I want y'all to be better so that it can be a real beef. But I need y'all to understand this. If I see one more Lions fan talking about Detroit versus everybody, you know who I'm talking about. And I see uh, everybody in Chicago on YouTube knows who I'm talking about. Why, everybody. Why he, he's hey, everywhere. Hey, bro. he's my guy, though. I, I'm actually yeah. having him on the breeze for the Bears-Lions Oh, for game. real? I'm That's having him on the breeze for the Bears-Lions game. Um, and if I see one more person just like the Pistons are about to take over, like, bro, like, no, they're not there yet. It's okay. Let them get there. It's going to happen. I really do like this Pistons team, but y'all are trash. I don't even know how I got on this rant. Y'all are trash. It's just Bulls over everybody, man. Chicago over everything. Stop playing with me. COE. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, Indiana, um, y'all are not good either, but y'all can score a lot of points. So uh, I will be very disappointed in the Bulls if they do lose this game, though, because I think it'll be for a lot of the same reasons that we lost that Washington Wizards game where it's like, okay, our bench production had to take a dip, right? Like that's the one thing that 
probably concerns me the most is the bench that we saw versus Boston, the mm-hmm. legit bench of this team. Yeah, we're going to see the picture of that painted a little bit more over the next couple of games, but that bench production, I'll tell you what, I, I, it's been a minute since we outscored them 37 14. Bro, the bench, like we dominated them. The bench has been ridiculous, bro. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, I, like I said, I was a Goran denier, right? I, I didn't expect Goran to have Shout a big role impact. A big, big, but Drogic in this team has just been, man, it's been freaking beautiful to watch. This, the way he goes about basketball, bro, it's just the angles he, he, everything he does, he does deliberately. And it's great to see, bro. And uh, am I am I mistaken? But in a couple of games, Goran Dragic has been playing a little bit of defense out here too. Hey, bro, like yeah. Goran Dragic is out here turning people away, bro. Like, I'm true, like, true. But but Goran he still be getting he, cooked. He still does get cooked because he's just <laughs> he's just a slow lateral player at this point. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, he runs out to that three point line and closes out on some shooters very well, and, and his arms are up the whole time. Like, yeah, and I think and it's that's just the biggest things. key. I think that's yeah. the biggest key, right, with this Bulls team. That's what changed this game for Bo- against Boston, and that's what's going to be the Bulls' bread and butter this entire season. How well are you going to be able to defend these guys on the three-point line? And yeah, you're going to have games like Cleveland, where Cleveland just got ridiculously hot. And I and I, I also want I want us as a, as a Bulls nation to also just make sure that when we're looking at these shots that are going down, are they hot? Or are we playing terrible defense? Because a hand in the face closing out is not bad defense. And in that first quarter, the Bulls defense, while there were, I think those first four, five, four three pointers were pretty wide open by Tatum, they hit like six more and they were all contested. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so for sure. sometimes, sometimes the shots are just falling for them. But if you can keep like like Goran Dragic, like what we've seen a lot of this bench and, and defensively from the Bulls. Just a hand up, good closeout, good rotations. And, yeah, they might find the open shooter every now and then, but it's going to be off of five, six, seven passes, not just off of he walked into one. That's what I want to see this season. Yeah, that's what, it, that's what it boils down to. We'll see how and how much success the Bulls have against the Indiana Pacers. We're expecting this, them to come in if they're focused. Not to say that this is going to be an easy game. So I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. Regardless of the result, I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. But we need to see the Bulls continue to be locked in, and let's get above 500 tonight against the Indiana Pacers. Pat, you got anything left before we go? Nah, man. Um, I think this game is – you said this game was late. This game is at a normal time tomorrow. This game's at 7 tomorrow. No, it's not, is it? I'm looking at it right now. It says seven o'clock. As I was gonna say, uh, tune in with us for the post game show right at, or uh, after the game. Of course, me and Hayes yeah, do our own a, personal. Eight p.m. start. Eight p.m. start time. Yeah, that's that's seven my time, eight your time. That's normal. Ain't it? Yeah, that's what oh, I okay. said it was when we talked. No, you said it was late. You was like, bro, this game started like nine o'clock. I was like, maybe it's on TNT. Yeah, oh, I don't know. It is what it is. But yeah, tune in with us tomorrow or uh, tomorrow tonight uh, after the game for the post game show. And um, we'll we'll hear you'll hear our breakdown and assessment of hopefully a Bulls win. See Red Nation, shout out to you. Yeah, the next two games are key for the Bulls to get above five hundred against teams that are lesser competition than the Indiana Pacers and the Sacramento. I mean, uh, San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, hopefully we see a nice two games leading into that game Saturday, which I don't hey, even know how to predict the Sixers anymore. Are the Spurs are the Spurs really really trying though? Like. <laughs> Like they win it. I think they are. Hey, like, they win it. What is Pop three doing? And one. <laughs> Pop said, listen, I'm not tanking on my last season out. I don't know what y'all talking about. Victor who? 
Victor who? Hey, We're not worried I thought, about I that. thought when Benyana was in a Spurs jersey, they said we got Devin Vassell. <laughs> Who's having Straight a up. monster season, Straight bro. Up. We'll talk about that one before Straight that game, up. bro. Man, Devin Vassell is cooking, bro. Straight All right, go ahead and sing this song, brother. Follow me on everything at Locked On Bulls. I trade them straight up. Uh, follow me us. Follow me on everything at Pat the Designer. Appreciate y'all for tuning in and showing love to another episode, man. Straight up, <laughs> Devin Vassell averaging straight twenty points up. per game so far right now. <sighs> That's, amazing, That's crazy. Shout out to uh, Pat Pat uh, Patrick Williams' teammate too. That's just completely outshining him, man. It's, we, it's, the, we, it's the only one that I said. <laughs> If that if he pops off, I'm gonna be upset. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys can follow me at CEO Hayes and CEO H A I Z E. And thank you for making Locked On Bulls your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, I need to go and check out. Uh, oh, what happened to my ad read there? Locked on sports today <laughs> from the games that matter to the most uh, biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights on only locked on can provide locked on sports today available on the Odyssey app, YouTube and wherever you get your podcast for Pat, the designer. I'm Hayes. This is locked on bulls. We out this mug. Peace y'all. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.